Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. So great to be here in my basement with my green screen and all of these wonderful people. I can't believe we've got the whole crew, the whole Sycamore House gang here with us today. Uh, that's really exciting to me. So uh, we'll go through and introduce everybody. I'm going to reduce my spotlight. Uh, let's see who we got here. We've got the famous Charles Fernandez. You can say hi or you can just wave Charles if you want. It doesn't matter. Got you spotlighted right now. So there he is. Yeah. That's all we're going to say about him. And we've got Nikki joining us today all the way from Hanover. Welcome, Nikki. Uh, and uh, let's see who else have we got. Uh, Katrina. There she is. Hi, Katrina. And we've got April. I think April's been here before. Maybe the only one that has. Yeah. Are you glad to be back, April? Just ecstatic. No, it's funny. None of you, nobody really seems that ecstatic, but uh, hopefully we will get to be that way. And I noticed <laughs> joining us a little bit late today um, is FJ. And uh, hi. Hi, FJ. How's it going? Yeah, there he is. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Glad you could make it. Well, if it's if it's Thursday night, it must be Thursday night appetizer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> yes. So, um, oh, I, I, you know what? I forgot to play our great intro. So here you go. Thursday night appetizer. Play intro. All right, and uh, I don't know if you can see it, but we've got ways for you to respond. If you're watching this live, you can use the YouTube chat, which I am kind of sort of watching right now. And you can also join us in Zoom if you have something you want to say and you want to go on the live stream. Or you can text me. I do have my phone here with me as well. So um, three ways you can get in touch with us. We really want to hear from you um, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you about these readings, about growing closer to Jesus through the gospel for the Sunday coming up. That's what the Thursday Night Appetizer is all about. And with that, I believe I'm going to turn it over to uh, Deacon Charles. He's going to give us a little summary of the backgrounder for this coming weekend, the third Sunday in Easter. Is that right, Charles? No. No? It is not right. I want to do kind of a backgrounder, backgrounder, because I was explaining to Nikki, and um, also for Katrina's benefit, uh, a little bit of our format, just roughly speaking, I'll do a very short background or about three minutes long, which ties together the three readings for mass on Sunday. Um, I would I would add, which is important to us, is that we are looking at how the gospel leads us into mission as well. So it's a reflection to enter into God's word, but also how it leads us into mission. Then um, Nikki is going to lead us in prayer. And I don't know if um, Katrina, do you have this Sunday's uh, gospel with you by chance? Um, you, you could just, if you could read it, we won't look at the whole thing, uh, just the first, uh, the first two paragraphs, the first three paragraphs, after he eats a piece of fish, we'll stop. Got that? She can just read it off her screen, probably. Yeah, or way. off the screen. Then uh, we'll take a couple of minutes of silence for prayer and reflection and just go around and share one word, thought, or image from the gospel, the passage of the gospel that we've listened to and read and just why we chose that. And then we'll have kind of a facilitated conversation that flows from there. And we hope to end by around 8.40 or 8.45. So for those who've watched before or will watch again, that's great. But I uh, just wanted to go over that for our participants this evening. Um, how's that sound, Sam? Does that describe Sounds what great we do? to me. It does does perfectly, yes. Good. As usual, you've really blown it out of the water. <laughs> okay. God's word, however, is important, even if I talk too much. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, maybe the backgrounder would be good next. So I, I thought we'd start uh, our theme for this whole series for the next couple months is unify, um, fighting for Christian community in um, in a pandemic of isolation, fear, anxiety, etc. Uh, and I noticed there was a moment in the gospel from Luke 24, where where when they see Jesus, it says Luke writes they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. I mean, it's kind of an odd comment really that Luke Luke observes the sight of the risen Lord overwhelms his disciples they're not like immediately happy and ecstatic at that moment they're they're overwhelmed they're startled and terrified um, they're jittery and scared maybe because they last saw him crucified laid in a tomb they knew he was dead and they were not expecting the resurrection at that time it was not part of their understanding of the faith of what God had revealed to the Jewish people um, so within themselves, I think they're scattered and they kind of recoil when we imagine we, they would feel joy in seeing Jesus. Um, and I, I was going to say that this reminds me of a common experience of absence, uh, which I'm going to say is specifically when someone we love is no longer with us. Of course, death itself, right? Um, and all the ordinary routines that no longer are what they used to be when someone you love is no longer there, especially if they're part of your daily life, like eating, sleeping, cooking, cleaning, just being together, they all come to an end. But there's so many other forms of isolation and separation. People move uh, for work, families split up, young people travel or study overseas, lockdowns keep us apart. So we're, we're in the middle of a that kind of like isolation and all the things that are losses due to absence. Uh, so Jesus himself offers a really simple reassurance and kind of a surprising, almost slightly comical one to reassure his friends that he's really there in the flesh. And he shows this by cooking for them, which is kind of a funny thing. But what could be more ordinary and more reassuring than a long lost friend whom you thought was dead cooking for you? Um, a few weeks later, which we read about in, in the first reading in Acts, it's really only a few weeks later with the Holy Spirit inspiring him. Peter confidently proclaims that he is a witness to Jesus whom God raised from the dead. Peter met Jesus in the flesh, ate and drank with him, so he knows he's not a ghost, but truly present. And he knows by the time we get to Acts, again, today's first reading from Acts chapter 3, that Jesus is still alive and still present with him and with us. So a Christian community, which is what John is writing about, that's our second reading, uh, is where we are present to each other. I had a, had a really good chat with uh, someone who was talking about how important it is to be recognized and called by name. That's what community is about. We share life together. We're present to each other. But what makes us present to each other, what makes that Christian community unique is, John writes in the second reading, it is when we keep God's commandments that the love of God is perfected in us. Jesus is present in Christian community because he is God's love in person. But it goes out from there as well, right? Offering our presence to others brings Christ to them. This is our mission uh, so that all might see and know that Christ's loving presence is in their lives too, especially if they're lost in fear. And so Jesus can say to them what he says to those disciples in the gospel. It is I myself touch me and see. And that's our background for this evening. So uh, I think we'll call upon Nikki to lead us in prayer. And after that, Katrina, just to read the passage, the first three paragraphs from the, the gospel passage for this coming Sunday. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening and this opportunity to open up scripture and to have an encounter with you through your words here in scripture. I pray, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit, even though we are not together physically, um, that you would bring us together in a supernatural way in our different parts of the of Bruce and Gray County, that you would unite us 
in our spirit and that you would send your Holy Spirit to each of us so that as we read these words in scripture today, that they would speak life into our hearts so that you would speak into our lives and, and that these words would um, ring true to us and stand out to us and that you would use them to communicate with us. I pray, Lord, that um, these words would cause a stirring in our heart and cause us to grow in love of you and love of our neighbor. Come, Holy Spirit. So Sam, will you put up the, the, the verses that we're going to reflect on this evening? And then if you want to, Katrina, you could, you could read them for us. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in breaking of the bread. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified, and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why, I can't see it, sorry. <laughs> but they were startled and frightened and supposed that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you question rise in your heart? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wonder, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate before them.
So um, if it's okay, we'll regather. And because there's a small number of us, I'm gonna ask if you want to unmute and also if you can uh, turn your video on as well, would be great. So without any particular order, um, whoever feels called to uh, share um, a word or image would be great or thought. Well, that phone rang in the background and I immediately thought of the phrase from the gospel, it, it is it is I myself. So is it Jesus on the line calling? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but no, that, that I was going to say that line from the gospel. It is I myself. It's a powerful statement. And as uh, Deacon Charles mentioned earlier, God calling us by name, you know, we we are special and um, yes, yeah, so um, I think I'll leave it at that for the moment. Um, the word that stood out for me was the word touch. And I was, I was just thinking about how my one of, Probably my favorite, well, okay, there's lots of things I like about Christianity and about Jesus, but one of my favorite things is just the good news that that God in Jesus is a person that stoops down to our level and can be touched and felt and is present with us. Like, I just think that is, it just, it is like the most fundamental human need is to be like known and to be to be um, not alone, like to have somebody with us, right? That's always with us, that won't abandon us. It's like something that's what we're all searching for, you know? Uh, whether it's like romantic love or whether it's like, I don't know, security or whatever it is we're looking for, it's all rooted in this fear of being alone, of being abandoned. And that's what Jesus does. He like, he comes into our into our presence and he stoops down to us and says to his apostles, come and touch me. And and it's just very real. And I know in my personal life, he's become real in that way. It wasn't always that way, but I've experienced him in a way that is very tangible and very real. And um, I just think that's such good news. It's something that people really need to hear uh, so desperately in our world today. I feel like my words kind of connect with Sam. So I can go next. The words that stood out to me were look and see. It's the, the beginnings of two sentences beside each other. For a similar reason kind of to what Sam was saying, that, um, that Jesus presents himself to all of us in a way that, like in the way that we need him to. Like he knows us well enough to know what exactly how we need to experience him. And so he, he, yeah, treats us differently based on our needs. And um, like in my life, I know that I, uh, like something that is helpful, that has been helpful for me in being close to God is like the witness of other people, like having other people, other Christians that, are like an example of Christ to me or that, that got, that guide me or, or like set me up to have experiences with God. And so I was thinking about how like, um, like another line is that we are the hands and or like, look at my hands and feet. And, and in some ways, like, like all of us who are here are the hands like we talk about that as Christians we're the hands and feet of God but in the context of this um reading that sometimes we are what 
God uses to make himself known to others. I don't really know if that makes sense, but like we basically that we, we all are witnesses or that we are the ones that God uses. Jesus isn't like walking around. He can't show people his hands and his feet to prove that he exists or prove what he did for us. But we can be his like hands and feet that we can prove like our, our lives, how we live our lives and how we treat people and, and our love of God can be the proof that other people need to and like have their own encounter with Jesus. I might pick up on that because uh, my phrase was um, look at my hands and my feet. And what struck me was that there are hands and feet that are wounded, even in the resurrection. Um, you can tell from the account in John's gospel where he says that. And I listened to an interview um, a few days ago with a woman who's um, romantic and creative partner. She's, I guess they're songwriters or whatever. Anyway, he took his own life a couple of years ago. And um, she was talking about, she said, you know, people say wounds heal, but it's been over a year and my wounds have not healed. Like she's more, you know, more together, more herself, able to communicate and, and be, be with people and stuff like that. But I thought she was right. But like, yeah, there's healing, but that doesn't mean the wounds go away in people's lives and I just love how Jesus is united with our woundedness and he shows us like even in even in his glorified body we can see his hands and feet with the wounds in them Um, right, I can go next. I was reflecting on um, why do doubts arise in your hearts? And then Jesus answers, um, touch me and see. And I was just thinking about how he always has the answer to our doubts. Um, and I was just kind of reflecting on how, um, like, I'm quite doubtful. I have my moments um, of doubt and sometimes years of doubt or, like, different periods of doubt in my life. Um, and, like, yeah, so sometimes that can last for a very long time or a short time or whatever. But eventually, um, Jesus always replies with an answer to that doubt or like shows me um like reveals himself to me eventually in a way that is um meaningful yeah I think that's really all I have to say at this point and well I was also kind of like <laughs> at the start of the passage like they were talking about him and then all of a sudden he appears and I just like imagine talking about somebody and then they just appear like it would have been freaky. <laughs> it would have been really weird. So I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I can go off of that. Um, I also was uh, meditating on the why do questions arise in your heart? And um, I think it stood out to me because like quite recently I had a period where I was like, God, like you're not pulling through for me. Like, where are you? And then obviously he pulled through in way, way more than I could have, like I would have, I had wanted, like he, he showed his love way, way more than was um that I was expecting which is what he does so it was just like a reminder for me to have like childlike faith in him because he is our loving father um thanks everyone so we'll just take about 10 or 15 minutes to chat a bit informally um 
might ask questions or whatever, but just feel free to, to jump in. I was going to ask you, April, because I think this is something, knowing everyone on the call this evening, that I, I would think we've all been through, uh, which is like you mentioned, sometimes even long periods of doubt. Um, and this ties into what you said as well, Katrina. But I, I was taken by what you said, because I, I can relate to that. How, how do you kind of persevere in patience when they're like long, longer periods of like, where are you, God, or Jesus, you know, I need, I need to know something or I, whatever, you're struggling with that, with faith. Yeah, April, how do you do it? What a great question. <laughs> oh, Charles. <laughs> you said you do how it. Do I-, I just wanted to ask. How like, do I back, do it? Is what you're asking. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's <laughs> Sam. Oh my gosh. I think it's key to like form good habits and to show up for Jesus <laughs> when it doesn't feel like he's showing up. But I mean, obviously, he always is. Um, but yeah, like to. I I just try to like be grounded in having good prayerful habits and like um, a prayer routine of some sort and just like doing it even though I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not always fulfilling, right? Because you're going through that time of doubt, but um, sometimes then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, like actually I think he was saying something to me through that verse that one day or through what like that person said, um, yeah, through, and I guess through periods of doubt, like, uh, Nikki kind of mentioned earlier about, um, getting, I think you you were kind of saying getting hope from fellow believers that, uh, help you on your journey, like in times of doubt to stay close to those people too, because, um, yeah, they can be present. Can I- if I can ask you about that, Nikki, because I, I know I'm a very self-sufficient person. I like to think of myself as a, a strong person, but I've learned maybe more in the last year than any other time in my life, how much I need to lean on other other people. You Did you mention that, if I'm not mistaken, as April was sort of mentioning as well? Kind of. I, I do actually, I would also say I'm kind of like that, but in faith, Maybe like, I don't actually know if I do it really intentionally. Like if I am intentionally relying on other people in like in my life, it's been more like in spite of myself, God has given me people when I've needed it or when I've needed them to like be encouragers to me being people that like others, people's faith, just watching their faith, especially when they're like, when they're going through something big in it, like in a good way in their faith, like, um, seeker, like people who are, who are like trying to figure this whole God thing out. And they're like, just learning for the first time, like, wow, God like answers my prayers and God's always there for me. Mm -hmm. I think especially people who've been Christian for longer, we just are, we get kind of used to like, well, yeah, God does just do crazy things for us. That's just like normal, but being around people who like when it's like one of the first times that they're realizing how much God does for them and they're like beside themselves as how exciting it is and, and cool it is that it's like kind of can, it helps kind of like what Katrina was saying about having childlike faith, being around people who are experiencing God for the first time is definitely helpful for me, especially in periods when like, I feel like my own faith is. Yeah. I'm just going to mention quickly an example from this week, uh, not not an example, an encounter I had more than an example, but um, this fellow had had a a Christian Catholic uh, background as a child, raised going to church and stuff, but had a bad experience or different bad experiences, moved away from that. But what's amazing to me is like, he's not that old. He does have health issues and he would like, when I say not that old, let's say in his early seventies, uh, he says, I may not have long to live, but he said, this really moved me. He said, I know the Lord God has me here for a reason. This is somebody who's like, 
he literally said, I'm not even sure what I believe anymore. But then he said, I know that the Lord God has me here. The good Lord, no, not the Lord. The good Lord has me here for a reason. I'm just not sure what that is yet. That was so amazing to hear someone say that shortly after he said, I'm not even sure what I believe right now. <clears throat> it was very moving. It's like, okay, Jesus, whatever you're doing through this man, it's like witnessing to me. And Christ was present to me through that anyway. I think that's kind of like what April was saying of like, you, you keep the, even when things are like, you're not even sure, you're not sure you're doubting or you have like things that are hard for you. You, you just like stick with it. Like for him, if you, even if he wasn't like totally mm. sure about all of this, he like kept believing that God, God was there some way. Like God had some reasoning mm-hmm. behind this, even if he doesn't understand it. When I think I, there's a beauty to that. Yeah. Sorry, FJ. One of, my, ahead, FJ. one of my favorite prayers is by Thomas Merton, and it's included in this book, Thoughts and in Solitude. Uh, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. (laughs) But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And if I know that, uh, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know anything about it. Therefore, will I trust you always Though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Katrina, that sounds a bit like a description of what you were calling, which I would as well, a childlike faith. Is that does that sound right? Does that sound like what what you were talking about? Yeah, kind of. It's a very beautiful prayer for sure. And this this ties into the theme of unity um, because alone often we can't see we can't see God working in our own lives in a way that you can for someone else. You sort of you become like I don't know like a window for other people to seeing the work of God in their own lives. And when when one person is maybe doubting, oh you know I'm not sure where where is God where why is he why am I going through this alone why is he not there another person in the community can often see, you know, the breadcrumbs can see like that, that trail, like, no, look, this is, you know, God is working. It's just invisible to you at the moment, uh, but I can see it, you know, uh, I know there's people that, that do that for me where I, I'll like, you know, nothing's going right. Everything is, is messed up. I can't, I can't mm. do this anymore. And other people are like, no, like, look at this. Look, there's hope here. There's hope here. All these signs, you know. Um, and I think that's why we need each other. That's why. Uh, that's why we need to be unified, and uh, to go together instead of alone. If we were comments. Yeah. Um, a general. It's not specific. It's not for anyone in particular. Ask but... Charles a hard question. Yeah, yeah, Charles. <laughs> What, what would you say to people who, like, when, when doubt makes them bitter, though, you know, like, some people then would see in another person's life that, wow, God's working, but then, like, they become, like, jealous of that, you know, and, like, they can't see um, the goodness of it, just, what would you say? I mean, um, I, 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 I can be bitter. I'm good at being bitter. You can ask my wife, Mary, whom you all know, um, or, or my friends like you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm also oh, good man. at being bitter <laughs> and <Yeah>. dramatic dramatic <laughs> and bitter are two, like the two things together. I feel like you're like that too, Deacon Charles, both of those I'm not things. dramatic, but I'm bitter. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretending not to be dramatic. Okay. <laughs> I think bitterness is, it's kind of really, I think it's really important spiritually uh, in this sense that it's like, you get, you get hints of it in the Bible. Like I think some of the things that Job went through, there was some bitterness there. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. 
some of the psalms there's like a bit of bitterness i don't remember the name of the psalm but i just prayed it today uh where like the psalmist is crying out arise god why do you sleep mm. uh, or even like why do the wicked prosper um there, there's there's the thing i think is profound about bitterness is that it, it cuts deep it's like it is a wound right it's like right in your soul there so it's not obviously it's bad god does not want us to experience bitterness and bitterness can even be a lead into sinfulness but um but i don't know I, I think when i'm around people who are bitter or if i feel bitter i hope that um i think like going back to what different people were saying including sam just now uh was like to me what's really helpful is just like okay it 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 does look really bad and it is actually really bad whatever the situation is it's like no wonder you feel bitter not i, th- I actually think that affirming people in their bitterness not not like they should stay bitter but it's like you have good reason to be bitter mm-hmm. it's like that is people need to hear that it's like you know yeah. it's not just in your head the situation you're in is really bad if you're bitter understandable um mm-hmm. but also like not to just leave them in it but i think too it is it isn't partly an emotional thing right so i don't know april is that it's making sense like so that yeah. part of it is like but you're not alone. I am here with you. I can't change your situation much, but I can be with you. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to deny people's bitterness because. No, I don't think that's healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Why why do you think that's unhealthy? Well, like your emotion is telling you something, right? Like you're feeling bitter. That's telling you something about um, who you are, your state of life um revealing something to you and I mean it could be and it there's a variety of things right so it it can encourage you to be self-reflective and kind of figure out where it's coming from and um to give it uh to God and yeah I don't know I I have a couple of questions for you guys um because I think it is kind of funny that he shows them that he's present by by cooking and eating with them. And I know at least for myself and a few of you for sure, cooking and eating are like really important to you. So why do you think you might've chosen cooking for them and eating with them as, as, a, as a way of being present, as, a ris, as the risen Lord Jesus? I'm gonna cook for you and let's have some fish. Why do you think he chose that? It's kind of funny, like it's just odd in a way. Can you just ask one question? Weird. Sure, sure. Why do you think he chose to cook and eat with them one of the first times he rose after he met them when he rose from the dead? Maybe the intimacy of meals, sharing meals with people. Mm-hmm. Like the type of relationship he wants to have with them. Wasn't his first contact with uh, some of them uh, on the seashore and they've been fishing all night unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. And he goes and says, put the nets out again. And they say, why? We've been fishing all night and have been unsuccessful. So so that a mirror image at the beginning of the mystery uh, of the mission and now at the other side of the mission. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, eating meals is also very ordinary. Like we all do it. It's part of our day today that he wants to be with us and uh, reveal um, profound things to us through ordinary things. I think it was to further prove that he wasn't a ghost. His ghosts don't eat meals. Uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did say that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, um, ghost, how could a ghost eat something? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and maybe they didn't have a meal together uh, until up that time after the crucifixion. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So, like prefiguring the Eucharist, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it does reveal to us. I think like everything about the risen Jesus reveals something to us about what we can hope for in our resurrection is like 
in some way, mysteriously, we're still bodily again in the resurrection and we can still somehow enjoy food and share food that all this stuff still matters it's not like we're not just spiritual beings we're like in we are incarnate beings and we're raised in in our bodily existence in other words i often think about how like catholics have this reputation rightly deserved of like fasting during lent but we perhaps could also cultivate the uh you know like feasting during easter i don't know easter it's sunday for sure but like up... hmm? you should have come up with something fancier than broiled fish I just think that's so i've been feasting great really they could have they could have had like a cake or something instead of broiled hmm? fish Tacos. i grew up by the sea i grew up by the sea and there's nothing like fresh fish i don't know if anyone else is in that boat but that was kind of a pun I just made. Ha ha. Uh, it's in that boat. Get it? We but got fresh it. fresh fish is one of the best things. It's way different mm -hmm. than like fish from the store or like that's been for, uh, I don't know. Has anyone else into Not fresh fish? It's true though. It would have been exceptionally ordinary because they were, for them, it's, they live on the sea. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I was thinking as well, one more thing just to, to wrap up is uh, this one of the threads in a conversation is this idea that it's the risen Jesus, but also when he shows him his hands and his feet, he's also wounded. And it just struck me that that not everybody we meet has faith or no has faith, but pretty much everybody has wounds. I don't know. Mm. Does that make sense? Love that. Often struck me. That's why mm -hmm. vulnerability is so important to, for us to, as missionaries, uh, to allow other people to see our woundedness and our brokenness is so important, such an important element of evangelization. And I think, too, what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, how do you not be dismissive about the, you know, like other people when they see, like, they, some, sometimes you see other people and you think, oh, their life's going great, right? I think it's up to us. The onus is on us to be vulnerable and to allow people into our lives to a point that they can see our lives are not perfect either. Um, and I'll, but to be that example, I don't know who it was who said that, but like to be like the hands and feet of Christ and uh, to, to witness to, you know, the hope that we have and the strength that we, that we get from God, from Jesus. So, so those are wounded hands and feet. Vulnerability. Yeah, being being wounded ourselves, I think, is a real tool we have uh, in imitating Christ uh, to other people. Yeah, because we're all wounded. We're we're pretty much at the end of our time. I was just going to ask if each of us could maybe just, if you want to, mention one thing that either you said or someone else said. Just some something that comes into your mind that you could uh, take away from this passage about. Jesus sharing a meal with his friends after they were startled and terrified because they thought he, because they thought he was a ghost. So anything that anyone else said, or that you, even you said yourself, just to take away. I could go. I was thinking of uh, that one of the lines from uh, the the uh, prayer that Francis Joseph shared was. Um, uh, something to the effect of, uh... oh shoot, no, I forget it. Um... Just throw out a guess, and he'll Frant FJ will will uh, correct it for us. No. <laughs> Just like, oh, I, I think it's something like the the desire to please you is pleases you. Uh, yeah. The, the desire to follow you is uh, is what you're looking for, not necessarily our perfection or the actual results. Because we're bad at that part so i like i liked that it was toward the end i can't remember the exact words that reminds me of childlike faith katrina it's like it's like a child is like yeah we should try to do our best with god with what god has given us but ultimately what matters to god is our desire just like just he's our loving father and no matter how great our achievements may be in our eyes in his eyes they're still like his child's achievement so he just loves us as we are and to even have the desire to please him is like like being a child. Like I just I just want to make you happy. 
one thing that's just uh, like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> one thing that uh, Dick and Charles mentioned about um, our wounds. Uh, I've always been fascinated. There's a Japanese philosophy uh, for repairing broken pottery. I think it's called kin kinchui. And basically, um, they repair it, but they don't repair it to disguise the cracks. They use powdered gold or silver, etc. And so you see all these little um, gold streams through the pottery, and it's highlighting the the um, the cracks, etc. So I think, um, uh, mm. in terms of a person's wounds, uh, not to disguise it and not to say, well, you know, I'm ashamed of what's happened in the past, but also to actually bring it to the Lord and offer it up to the Lord as something to offer to his glory. I liked what April said about God having the answer to all of our doubts. That's a good lesson for me. Trust God more. He knows what's going on. I feel like <laughs> I'm in a bit of a time of doubt. Um, my question earlier is like, I'm asking for a friend, but it's for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But like through the conversation, um, we knew yeah, that I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, everybody knew. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, but to persevere through the doubts, like to keep doing what I like should do. Um, yeah. But I need to keep doing that. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like the reminder that, like, God is there through all the questions and the doubts, and that, like, our desire does please him, even if we fit, we feel like we're failing, um, at least, like, our desire and our hope of trying to please him is, 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 like, something that he needs. He's thankful for him. We don't always do this, but it would be okay if I just said a little prayer to wrap up. If anyone wants to, you can. Just feel like it's called to pray at this moment. Go for it. Thank you, Father in heaven, for sending us your son, Jesus, our savior, who rose from the dead and is still with us. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us um, in this moment through your word and through each other's testimony. You are our risen Lord, and you are also um, glorified with wounds. May this mystery of who you are in our lives today fill and inspire us with a gift of perseverance uh, and hope for ourselves, for each other, and especially for others who are wounded but do not yet know you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Glorified with wounds. Sorry, I was just like, whoa, that was good. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody. You are some of my favorite people in the world. Not my only favorite people in the world, but you are among them. I would hope sure. so, considering you have a family. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that were not your favorite. Yeah. Oh, Charles. <laughs> I love my family. They're great. Okay. <laughs> Sam, you want to wrap us up? Do I ever want to wrap us up? Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, for those who will watch this after the fact, we hope this helps you live out our church's mission, the church's mission in the world. Go and make disciples. And uh, in light of the gospel for this Sunday. So please listen for the gospel this Sunday and try to live it out between now and then. And hopefully this appetizer whets your appetite and gives you something to think about and something to pray about. And 
more ways to live the gospel in your life. So we thank you for joining us, and we hope that you'll join us again next week, same time, same place, right here on YouTube. God bless everybody, and thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye.